police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> You are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your hosts, Maddie Mack, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gabb. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast. I am your host for today, Gabby, and our narrator for today, Maddie Fox, and our other host of the show, Todd Fox. We welcome you to listen to a new crime story, which uh, Maddie is going to relate to us. So we're excited to see what he has in store. But before we get to all that, uh, we just want to let you know where you can find us. Look for us on IGNFB, Grinding True Crime. And if you listen to podcasts through um, on your phones or whatever, look for us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And if you are out of this country, they are Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Sorry about the sound. And as always, our stories can get graphic, so we do advise that you have listener discretion. Stories that are probably not appropriate for little kids. So with that out of the way, Maddie Matt, what do you have for us today? Before I get into that, Todd, what about that merch, right? Oh, yeah, the merch is over at redbubble.com. Just type in Grinding True Crimes, Todd Fox 80. Thank you, sir. Glad you brought that out. <laughs> <laughs> Almost forgot. Sorry. So today we're going to do a true crime episode about 7,000 miles from where we are. Okay. That is from Australia. We actually had a fan of ours who chimed in and mentioned to us. Shout out to Adam Taylor and told us to do a story about a gentleman named of John Justin Bunting. And so, Bunting. yeah, John Justin Bunting. Mr. Bunting. Mr. Bunting. Oh, so, no, Bunting. yes, so I'm <laughs> going to do it some justice and tell you about the story of the Snowtown Murders. Ooh. Okay, so, now normally when we do a story on here, it's usually just one person, maybe two people involved in the crime however for this story that is not the case how many people you think are involved in this uh how many people you think four four maybe four i'm gonna guess three well child was right but also wrong at the same time there were multiple people however (laughs) four are the ones that were convicted of the crime. So, Todd, you are right, even though there were multiple people. So there were more than four? There were more than four. Well, let's put it like this. More than four were involved. Okay. Okay. But four were convicted. Let's put it like that. Okay. They do things different in Australia, I've noticed. I guess. (laughs) Isn't it? Maybe maybe our our buddy that suggested the show uh, can, can answer this question, too. Uh, when you flush the toilet over there, isn't it counterclockwise? It doesn't go clockwise like here in the. Why street. are we doing this? <laughs> I just, I just asking. Sorry. Off topic. 
sorry. I like how they talk. I like how all Aussies talk. Man. Oh, me too. Yeah, that, that accent, man. It's dope. So shout out to the Aussies. So I'm going to try to do the story justice. Okay. So let's get into the names of some of the uh, the suspects. Well, the uh, criminals here. The one we're going to focus the most on is John Justin Bunting. Remember that name. Okay. He was born in September 4th, 1966. The other names are Robert Joe Wagner, born in 1971. James Jaime Velastix born in 1979 and Mark Ray Hayden. Okay. But like I... Huh? Oh, he was born in 1958. Sorry. Oh, so he's the oldest one. He's the... No, yeah, he's the oldest one. So like I mentioned, we're going to focus, however, on Mr. John Bunting, who was the ringleader in all of this. John Bunting, like I mentioned, was born in September 4th, 1966 in Anala, Queensland in Australia. Now, not much was mentioned about John's childhood. However, it is said that at eight years old, he was sexually abused by a friend of his older brother. Mm. So already- From another guy? Yeah. So already he has some kind of, you know, trauma at a young age. Yeah. It's possible that this incident may have been the reason why he had a hatred and a drive to murder pedophiles and homosexuals. Mm. Now, as mentioned before, he was the ringleader of a degenerate subculture of murderers, and the victims were all someone they all knew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not trying. You're going to gonna see why. Off. Why? Huh? They're not trying to throw the police off in any way. If they're all people they know. <laughs> Wow. Well, you're going to see why they, they targeted people that they may have known. So, Okay. So John would order the hits of his victims in order to steal their welfare money. So it was all about financial gain for most of the part. And also because of uh, his hatred towards homosexuals and pedophiles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now where John lived, he had a spider-like chart on his wall in the spare room of his house and using a wool and paper notes on that chart were the name of people who John suspected to be pedophiles or homosexuals. Sometimes he would randomly pick a name from that wall and then call that person who he picked and threaten them and even letting them know that they were next. Yikes. What do you think so far? Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm thinking it's that one movie, uh, What's the one where Adam Sandler goes back to school? Um, oh God. He goes back to school, like in uh, the elementary, and then that, and then that one character he has like a lipstick on, and he has people a list of people he wants to kill. And then Adam Sandler apologizes; he marks his name off. So <laughs> maybe he has one of those lists, like, okay, you wrong me here. Which one is that? I'm thinking of all the Adam Sandler movies. I know which one's that. I gotta find that. That's one of his. That's one of his movies that didn't suck. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm taking I was about to say you're not an Adam Sandler fan. I'm not. That was actually one of the I don't early ones. Follow that in any movie. Now I gotta watch it. I'll find that one. But go on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Now, John is married to Jane or Jaime, the one I mentioned earlier, he's married to his mother. Well, wait, 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 wait. what? Back up a Jaime. second. <laughs> married to whose mother? Jaime. James Jaime Clas. I think his name 
Blasky, Blasky, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but he is married to his mother. His own mother. Yes. Why? John is married to Jaime's mother. Okay, his okay. friend. That's what was confusing. Yes. <laughs> not his own. No, not his. No, 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 no. I'll be like, man, John they really do things Jaime's. different. Different in, in Australia. <laughs> Leave them alone. Sorry. <laughs> like that couple with the incest. I was gonna say, wait. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, John is married to Jane. Okay. AKA Jaime's mother. To so one he, of his friends. To one of his friends, yeah. One of the ones that helped him um, commit the murder. Yeah. Uh, so, in a sense, he's like a father figure to, to Jaime. And because of that, he would openly tell Jaime about his hatred towards gays and pedophiles. Jaime expressed also something that he went through. What do you think happened to him? Uh, probably something sexual too. He was probably molested. Was this after he was married or before? Well, this was after he was married. She was sexually and physically abusive. Jaime's a guy. Yeah, the mom. Oh, the mom. The one he married. Okay. So he's saying his mom was sexually abused? John's mom was sexually abused. Well, Todd, you got this one again. Uh, Jaime, who's, who's like a stepson to him, and it, well, he is. He expressed that at the age of 13, he too was molested by his stepbrother. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So John took note of that, because you already know he's he's keeping track of, of gays and pedophiles who we believe are gay and pedophiles, who are pedophiles, and you know what he wants to do on them. He took a note of that, and he suggested to them that he should be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do y'all think? Do y'all think they they took care of that? I think yeah. they're gonna work on it. Yeah. Oh, by by the way, it's Billy Madison the movie. Billy Madison. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I knew what you thought. Okay. Right, well, we're gonna get into that part a little later. Okay. So, John. Now, John and Robert, who I mentioned earlier. They were friends because they used to live together. John lived with Robert. Robert has something interesting about him. What do you think it is? Um, see, with this story, he's probably a pedophile, or he, or maybe he's not straight. You know, since he seems to have an issue with homosexuality, I'm gonna guess he's homosexual. Oh, Robert? Yes. Okay. Well, Gabby kind of hit it on the nail in the coffin. Robert was in a relationship with a friend named Barry Lane. So John, Robert, and Barry all lived together at one point. So that's how John and Robert became associates, because I mentioned his name earlier. How did they become associates if he has... We'll get into that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one interesting part about Barry Lane, he also assisted in one of the first murders that was committed. So remember that name too, Barry Lane. That was uh, the friend of Mr. Robert Wagner. So, well, they were more than friends. They were actually in a relationship. Okay, so Barry Lane is a, a homosexual, but he participated in one of the murders. Barry Lane is, uh, it mentioned that he was a cross-dresser, a homosexual, yeah. Wow, okay. And he assisted, let's just say that. 
I got I got to see where that comes in. <laughs> Seriously, that's so that's gonna be that that part will probably be later on because this, like I said, this is gonna be a multiple part because okay. I know that um you mentioned to me that you were busy and I was, I'm a little busy too, so I'm gonna keep this one a little simple so that way we can get into this meat and potatoes. Okay, <laughs> we, we just gotta follow along because it looks like there's a lot of twists in multiple parts here. It's, it's definitely it, and because there's so many characters in this. Mm-hmm. So the first play, the first killing took place in 1992. Okay. His first victim was a young man named Clinton Tresize, who was 22 years old. Okay. Clinton, what? Tres Tresize. It's weird. It's weird. It's I thought weird. it was dress size. It's so spelled. Like, what? I'm <laughs> probably pronouncing it wrong. But it's spelled T R E Z I S E. So, trustees? Huh? Trustees, maybe? Trustees? Is that how you say it? I, it sounds like it, but I don't know. Trustees, trustees. I, I, I apologize. No, I don't know how to pronounce it. No, because I know the Australian <laughs> names are kind of mixed with the European. So, it's they're, they have their different pronunciations and also like uh, sometimes just a mixture of the two cultures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Trustees. Okay. So Clinton Trustees. Okay. Now, the way he was murdered, this is the first murder. This is the first victim. His name is Clinton. He was invited by John to his house for a little get together, a little association, social party. And there he was bashed to death with a shovel in John's living room. Oh, geez. Yeah. Did he even ask a question? Hey, why do you have a shovel in your living room? <laughs> no reason. He, it's decoration. You know what? He, he might have didn't even have a chance. Probably <laughs> was sipping on some, and then next thing you know, lights out. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, this is just like Cracker Barrel. You know how they have like miscellaneous tools on the walls? Yeah, we have a we have a shovel right here." <laughs> He's like, "What's that shovel?" Bing. That's, <laughs> That's cold, man. <laughs> that sucks. That's cold, man. That's cold. Just imagine, you know, you're just chilling at a friend's house, just minding your own business, and then that's all you can remember. Jeez. But yes, he was bashed to death with a shovel in the living room. And John had accused Clinton of being a pedophile and would refer to him after he murdered him as Happy Pants. Happy Pants? That's what he would call him after he murdered him. He referred to him as Happy Pants. But to who though? That's kind of messed up. I mean, uh, okay, I'm getting ahead. Okay, that's just that's just wrong though. Well, keep in mind he did have people assist him. Wow. Okay. Mm. So, John and his associates buried Clinton in a shallow grave, and his body was later discovered two years later, in at uh, Lower Light, South Australia. Interesting part. Um, it it wasn't for another three years until another murder took place from John. So he did take a, a little break. However, this story about Clinton hit the TV. It remained unsolved for a long time. And in 1997, so remember he got murdered in 92. So in 1997, it hit mainstream and it hit some TV shows. And one of the TV shows that was... Um, Broadcasting it was Australia's most wanted, kind of like ours, America's most wanted. Oh, okay. And there, John saw 
the report and the story. And what do you think he did? Uh, let's see. If John's calling him happy pants, I think he has a sense of humor, so a, a, a nasty sense of humor. So I'm thinking he prank called or called in a stupid tip. What do you think? Great. I'm going to guess that he pinned it on what's-his-face. Uh, what's his name? Robertson? Ro- Robert. Yeah. Ro- no. I'm going to guess he pinned it on him and called it in. Well, he did neither one. Oh. <laughs> he was chilling in his house and watching it with his mother and, well, his wife and Jamie's mother. And basically he bragged about it, boasting about it, telling them what that was my handiwork. And that's my, that was my doing. That was my kill. He told them? Yeah. He boasted about it. How'd they react? (laughs) They knew about it. They knew already? Yeah. He already (laughs) mentioned to them about his hatred toward pedophiles and and gays. And the wife, his wife knew about it. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Dang. That's a messed up family right there. <laughs> right? They're not going to say anything about it. Like, they already know it. And it's like, oh, well, we figured because you don't like them. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, there were 11 victims of this this uh, series of murders that took place. 11? That was number one. 11. Damn. That was number one. Number two was a gentleman named Ray Davies. Now, Ray Davies was an intellectual disabled man who lived in a caravan behind the house of Suzanne Allen in Salisbury, (coughs) North Australia. Davies was a former lover of Allen, became a target for murder after Allen accused him of making sexual advances to her, to her grandson. Oh, oh, wow. Davis was murdered by Bunting and Wagner, Robert, in December 1995, which was three years later. And he was never reported missing. Because he was a loner? Probably so. You know, he was disabled, you know, living in the back of a caravan, so... You kind know. of sad though. So he had no family. I guess so. Jeez. So yeah. so basically, I mean, like, was there any? I, I don't want. I don't know if this affects the story or not. But was there any proof that he was a pedophile that he did come onto the grandson, or is this just a witch hunt? So this is a witch hunt because, oh. like you said, like I mentioned earlier, he had a chart, uh, like a spider wall, like like a spider chart wall on yeah, his yeah, wall yeah. and he accused these were people who he assumed were pedophiles and gays so he's like so he's basically like well, well that guy likes the 49ers so he must be gay <laughs> something like that I don't uh, know what shout out to Santa Clara got, <laughs> I don't know what it was that made him feel these people were pedophiles probably I mean let's be honest let's be 100% you can somewhat tell someone is gay by their mannerism and stuff. So that's something that's probably visible. I mean, you could kind of like, I mean, like him, you kind of might think, 
but not everybody with mannerisms like that is gay. Well, what yeah. I'm saying is, it's it's easier to detect someone who is gay. It's it's rare. It's hardly impossible to detect a pedophile. That oh, that is true. All you got to do is look at how they look at kids. Well, there you go too. I, I, I yeah. see both points. Yeah. But you, but you know what though, I, I, I'm agree with Gabby on that because, um, in the '90s it wasn't so easy to be homosexual even in Australia, because uh, I know Australia has a huge gay community, um, and like in Queensland, really? and, like you mentioned, yeah, in um, Sydney, it's it's a huge gay community, and uh, but 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 they were I did a little, not know that. they were a little more um, accepting accepting back then, but still there was that mantra of, "Ooh, you're gay," and you know, you, had, you were looked down upon, so. I, I wonder, man, I wonder if that fed into these guys' hatred so much, you know? Probably so. I know the molestation he probably experienced at eight. And and, and the, I looked it up. It didn't mention anything else about his childhood, mm-hmm. but who knows what else happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he may have experienced other um, trauma growing up as well. Because, but yeah. that is there is a difference between the two. I think sometimes people get it mixed up. They think that gays are pedophiles, but that's not necessarily the case. There could be a straight yeah. person that's just a pedophile yeah. that likes kids. Yeah. You know, so I think that's probably where these guys were mixed up too. They weren't too smart. I agree. Uh, yeah, I like I said, I I can understand his hatred toward pedophiles because you know he was molested at eight. Yeah. Gays. I mean, you know what a man does with his with his own body that's his business if, if he's doing it with another adult that's yeah, his yeah. business Absolutely. well maybe it's the fact that it was a man who molested him yeah, yeah it didn't right. mention, the male preference yeah, yeah. that already had a bad he had a bad idea about well, it yeah and figured probably because you're gay you're molesting me probably because it said it was his older brother and friend mm-hmm. it didn't say the age it didn't say who or what but it was his older yeah but that's what I'm saying yeah Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe he already painted the picture that if you're gay, you like little boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. That's no. probably what he thought. Jeez. Man. But, um, so back to the story about Mr. Davies. So John and Wagner were later seen cleaning Davies' caravan. They had moved it to a house in nearby Elizabeth where it was painted and sold two months after Davis' murder. Bunting, John, it's Bunting. John continued to claim Davies' welfare payment. Oh, that's nice of him. Very nice of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't want to waste it, right? But nobody has a clue. That's my part. Like, how could you claim it if you, I don't know. No relation. No relation, no ID, no identification. Nobody said, well, hey, hey, wait a minute. These past two months, I haven't seen. Okay, wait know, a minute. Mr. You Ray. said he was not reported missing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. He was it. not reported missing. That's why. But he's still claiming the payment. That's what I'm saying. Like somebody at the office should have said, wait a minute. Oh, so they already know he's dead. They don't know he's dead. Okay, that's why. Yes, yeah, so that's that, why he's claiming the payment. But that's the what guy I'm is supposedly still receiving it, but the one cashing it is John. What I'm saying is somebody smart. Like I, I could see you and Todd. Me, I'd probably be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you two detectives would have been like, wait a minute. 
Yeah, I'd be like, you Gabby, know. when's the last time we checked on uh, <laughs> so and so? We haven't, we haven't been to his trailer. You know, you what? know what I'm I saying? Th- Nobody's seen him. Nobody's heard of him. nothing. I don't know how big Australia is or, or where where, oh, where they were, but but it's not shocking for a person who doesn't have anyone. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. That is true. You know, he was kind of like a drifter. But then again, like, do, does there people like does their countrymen actually take care of? The, like when people are disabled, do they actually do random checkups or they have to make certain appointments? I mean, is there any of that or they're just like, well, he's still alive. We have no confirmation, but let's keep sending him money. I have no idea, <laughs> but I know one thing. John was eating off his paycheck oh, yeah. and that's, that's, that shows what kind of character he was. So all the kangaroo meat he could eat. I stacked up. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's body wasn't was later recovered by the police officer, and he was buried. Where do you think he was buried? Mm, I'd say in a ditch somewhere, like somewhere random off a road or something. That's a good guess. Where do you think? Really? No, I say that's a good guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, damn. I didn't say you're right. I'm just saying that's a good guess. You're on where were you in nineteen ninety five? I honestly don't know. No. He was buried in the backyard of his former house where he and Robert used to live. Uh, these people aren't creative, man. I mean, why do you bury him on the property where he's at? <laughs> hey man. Like right there. The quickest way. They're, you know, they're, criminals. There is so Most much. Criminals op- don't think. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's so much open area areas in in Australia. You can't like drive a few miles out in the outback, you know, and bury them somewhere. <laughs> like you say, I don't know how big Australia is, how how wide you know the spaces are, but I guess it, you know it's more convenient for them to take it to a former place that they knew of. So he was, yeah. So police discovered his body buried in the backyard of his former house. Wow. So that was victim number two. Okay. Victim number three, Michael Gardner. Now, Michael Gardner was openly gay. He was murdered by John and Wagner in August of 1997. So that was two years after the second murder. Wow. See, yeah, that sounds about right because I think Australia was getting more tolerant towards the gay community like they were more progressive so mm-hmm. being openly gay back then didn't didn't get you the kind of flack it would in the uh, United States at that time so that's pretty crazy mm. alright yeah see, see I didn't know I, I'm going to be honest I don't know much too much about Australia I mean I know Cro- uh, Crocodile Dundee uh, <laughs> Jack Hanna you know Sydney Australia from Finding Nemo that's, that's about it you know, I know they like kangaroos. Hey, man, I'm being honest. <laughs> and I ain't got nothing against Australia. I love Australia. I love the accent. What you laughing at, Ty? <laughs> I don't know much about Australia, but what is it? P. Sherman Wall- uh, something Wally Wee Way. P. Sherman Wally Wee Way, Sydney. <laughs> there you go. From Finding Nemo. <laughs> You know what? I'm giving Aussie a, a, a standing ovation here, man. Matt, you remember? Matt's like, you know what? Seagulls in Australia, they don't. They just don't cackle. They say, "Mine, mine, mine." Come on. <laughs> hey, one day let's hit up Australia, man. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down, and we're going to Sydney. 
Actually, that's all I know. I don't actually, know no other place. <laughs> yeah, I would stay in the city because they have some creatures that could kill you over there uh, and some spiders that are enormous. So, no, thank you. I did see that. I did see those freaking huge. Where? I don't know. I saw it on the internet and they got some stupid spiders that look like legs. Human legs out there, man. They're huge. Yeah, these spiders and, are yeah. about the size of a softball or bigger. Huge. Yeah, they're so, huge. Wherever they are, we're not going. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So but back to the story. Michael Wagner, who was openly gay, was murdered by John and Robert in of, of on August of nineteen ninety seven. Gardner shared a house with nearby friends. What? I have. I'm wondering something about John. Robert's gay. What? Why is he participating in murders of gay people? Wait a minute. We're gonna get into. Oh. We're gonna get. We're gonna get into what's gonna happen. Okay. Yeah, I've been. I've been thinking that too, Gabby. Like our detective. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same wavelength right here. I'm like, there's something well, to how this. How do you guys know he's openly gay? Well, how do you know Robert? Because he's in a relationship with another man. Or is he just selling it to get to lure these people in? That's good question. No, because when John met him, he was already in a relationship. Oh, that's right. But we don't know why. We don't know his background. We don't even know if if John manipulated Robert. Okay, now I'm waiting for this. That's a huge. That's a huge move in this story. There we go. Now Robert did not like Gardner at all due to his openly homosexuality. So he's all, keep that on the down okay. low, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, it's, confusing, it's confusing. It's <laughs> confusing. Um, after Gardner's murder, John had a, uh, I believe it's a friend of uh, uh, Michael, his name is Frederick Brooks, call friends of Gardner and impersonate him. Brooks demanded from them belongings such as Gardner's wallet, saying that Gardner required it for identification purposes, and John wanted it to gain access to Gardner's personal funds. This man is a real scumbag. I should say so, yes. Yeah, I mean, you kill these people, and then you want to take their identity and take all their possessions. I mean, they can't do anything with it. They're you know they're they're dead, but to have no heart to do that. So basically, well, clearly he doesn't. He's killing. Them. I'm just saying, like, man, you, I guess I, I couldn't. I couldn't. If he hates him that much, he's not gonna feel anything about it. That's true. That's a good point. His body was found by police, st- stored in one of six drums in the bank vault in Snowtown. Say again. His body was found by police stored in one of six drums in the bank vault in Snowtown. What is he doing in a bank? I how did they even open the vault? I don't know. Maybe when he used his identification for his access, he might have been rich. We don't know. Or maybe he worked at the bank. Possibly. Yeah. This one's got now, a bunch of twists. Yeah, a bunch of twists. Now, the body of the fourth victim. What do you guys think it is? Like, what kind of person? Well, you already know what kind of person it is. But it's somebody I mentioned earlier. Barry. What do you think, Todd? I think the same. 
You guys are great detectives. The what body, the body of Barry Lake. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Unlocking Tana's What she said? What she said? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what, you guys? I swear, man. I promise you guys, you guys. Are so I'm gonna agree with Gabby. <laughs> you're, so, you're so disrespectful, Todd. I can't believe. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't follow through with that, Gabby. That was my bad. I should have got that right off the bat. Y'all so disrespectful, man. Let's, let's, we done moved out. <laughs> <laughs> For those who you guys don't know why they're laughing, you got to listen to some of our previous recordings to understand. Very first <laughs> episodes. You ain't got to mention all that. <laughs> well, if they're looking for it, let's let them know where it's at. I got you. I got you. Now, the body of Barry Lane was also located in the same barrel. One of Gardner's feet had been removed so the lid of the drum could be closed. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. And now, we already mentioned Barry Lane. Barry Lane was openly, he was openly homosexual, and he was also a cross-dresser. And he was also his boyfriend. Why did he kill him? We're going to find out. Right. <gasps> Lane, had, Lane, Robert had previously been in a relationship with Robert Wagner from 1985 until 1996. The pair shared a house in Brigham Road, Southbury North, Australia, near the home of Bunting. And there, Lane's relationship with Wagner began when Wagner was 13. Mm. So he weaned him. He was last seen alive on October of nineteen ninety seven. Okay, wait, wait. So Barry was a pedophile. Basically. Because he got Robert. Why was Robert with him? I don't know. It doesn't say, but I will say this. Like I said. He might have been manipulated. Robert was 13. So, but when, did Robert just get an epiphany one day? Like, hmm, let me go back in time. I was 13 going <laughs> through puberty, and the other guy was much older. That would make him a pedophile, right? And then he killed him. Well, or, or... well I do know from the story I read that John did have an influence on Robert. So I do know that. So, because Ro- keep in mind, John was the ringleader of the little... So he probably convinced him, you're not gay. You've been forced to be in this relationship by that pedophile who is gay. And who knows if Robert actually was gay, but because he was at 13 years old, uh, come on, 13 year olds don't know anything. Mm-hmm. He may have been... Oh, they know enough. They know enough, but let's be honest. Like, a 13-year-old ain't going to be... Okay, where were his parents? Where was his family? I don't know. Okay, I have all those questions. (laughs) I wasn't there. (laughs) I think those are valid questions. We need to investigate, even though this case has been probably solved. Let's go back and let's investigate. (laughs) Who knows if it's been solved? Oh, what a twist. Who knows? Another oh. twist. Like I said, multiple people were involved. Only four. Gee, this but I ain't going to get into that. Okay. Until later. I'll be patient. 
So yeah, Barry was the last was last seen on October of 1997. John often referred to Barry as being dirty and as a pedophile. And on the day of his murder, Lane was forced by John to call his mother. He told her he would be moving to Queensland and that he wanted nothing further to do with him. So John is very influential. Wow. So that way she wouldn't suspect he's dead. Mm-hmm. So did the mother just reply, all right, and then hang up the phone or you know, no <laughs> questions asked? Possibly so. Like, like Possibly so. She, she never decided like, hey, that's kind of weird. My son just, you know, we talk all the time and then he just wants nothing to do with me and move to a, a place that he probably can't afford. All right. Sounds good to me. Very possibly so. I mean, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Now, there was another interesting factor on why John murdered Barry. What do you guys think was the other factor? Besides, obviously, of him being, you know, a pedophile and homosexual. Was he jealous jealous of how good he looked in dresses or what? Is that your answer? Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. (laughs) You're in the lost... I am. I am trying to think of what. Besides that, I mean, Todd. I'm gonna guess he was an abuser, or he just felt he was falling in love with John. That's a good guess. I'm gonna tell you this, Todd. Think street. Think Think the streets. Oh, uh, I don't know how Australian street rules, man. (laughs) I I think they apply to uh, our street rules. What do they say? They just get what? Oh, snitches get stitches. Oh, so. So he spoke up. It, it, sort, it sort of boomeranged back to him. See what I Word did. got out. John had found out. Word that uh, Barry was telling others about the first murder that they committed with Clint, with Clifton. Or Clinton, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Barry didn't do the murder. He helped bury them, him, though. So he's still accessory to the murder. But he was pinning it on the other team. Well, he was just talking about it. He was talking about how he was involved. And he was telling people about it. And John didn't like that. Not only are you gay and pedophile, you you blabbing too? Oh, yeah. So so he looked past that probably because that was one of his first sexual experiences, probably, right? He probably gave that dude a pass. But then Mm -hmm. once he spoke up, then he's like, all right, man, that's that's the one. I can't take it. Yep. So that was one of the, another factor of why uh, Barry was murdered. So, yeah. After Lane's murder, Barry's murder, John assumed control of Barry's vehicle and claimed his welfare payment as well. Jeez. What is it with all of these people getting welfare? I don't know. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't I like, know. How, Adam, how many people are getting payment. Adam, if you're listening, or anybody from Australia, if you're listening, fill us in. How are these people all getting welfare? If everyone in Australia is getting checks, let's move right now. Get the bags. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much the welfare checks is, but God, let's pull up. <laughs> I mean, do they do they just go to the government and be like, "I'm disabled, I am," and then they're like, "Okay, you get I, a check." 
I have no idea. So someone can please send us a message and tell us why everybody here that died and got welfare checks. I could retire now, please. Well, who, who knows how much it is? Imagine it's 20 bucks. Was, <laughs> 20 I'm there for the 90s, man. 20 bucks get you a... Man, it 20 get you. bucks can't even pay your rent in the 90s. It can give you gas, chips, food, all that stuff. <laughs> pay your rent in the 90s. Matt, and Matt's, in Australia, it's different. I don't know their currency over there. Matt's going to live in a and PM in Australia for 20 bucks. Hey, man, chill out, bro. 99 cent <laughs> gas is 90. We're paying at least three to $400 for an apartment. Okay. There's no way. If the check was 300 then then let's go. You could possibly stretch that. Yeah, some, you can stretch that. You some stretch side not now. Oh, no, yeah, not now. That had to be yeah. three racks, 3000 right now. But, um... Now, here's another name that is brought up. Remember, I said another name for the other one who called the mother. Thomas Trevelyan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. Trevelyan was also involved in the murder of Mary Lane. It was alleged that John only associated with Lane to gain further information about pedophiles in the area. So the only reason why Barry lived long enough was because he can get some information about who the other pedophiles is. Hmm. What do you think happened to Barry? How do you think he was murdered? Barry well, was already murdered. Well, I'm just saying, like, about his body, what do you think happened? Well, you said they chopped his foot off. To, no, that to... was that was uh, Michael. What? Michael's foot was chopped off in order to fit in the drum. Barry's body was also in one of the other drums. They had multiple drums in there. It would remember he. It, it, it was one of six drums in that bank. How are they going in that? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's a bank like a, a river bank. I don't know if it's a bank like a regular bank. <laughs> it's just a bank. <laughs> I don't know what Sydney. Austria, I don't even know. No, it's not Sydney. I don't know. Is it a Australia, piggy bank? It's a bank. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Adam, you need to hear this story and enlighten us. Money, baby. exactly. Y'all just saying it's bank. It didn't say what bank. <laughs> He's like, "Welcome to the Kangaroo Bank. You can store your your barrels in the How bank." Going in there, the Kangaroo Bank. Thing. Put your dead what bodies in a vault at a river bank. At a river bank. What? Man, a snare? I don't know. I. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the lost stories too. I wonder if there's I, someone I, in the story that's just like, "Hey, um, have you noticed there's a, like several guys missing?" And the police are like, "I don't know what you're talking about. Everything seems fine." Like, oh man! Like I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I know one thing: in the '90s, you better not go to Australia. I guess not, man. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Barry Lane. What happened? No, I'm searching for Oh, you're looking for the bank? Might find something you don't want to see. Barry's dismembered body was found by the police, also in a drum in the bank vault in Snowtown, along with the body of Michael Gardner. See? They were buried. They were found next to each other. Uh, Interesting fact. uh Interesting. Interesting fact. I will say this. Oh, those are the, those are the, oh, okay, I see a picture. Yeah, 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 I see a picture. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's, so it's one of those, like, you know, like, the metal old trash cans, Todd, the round ones? Yeah. 
It's like that. The no, ones no. that you steal. Were the cops were the cops like this is an open and shut case of guy dismembers himself and stuffs himself into a barrel inside of a bank vault. You see this all the time. Case closed, Johnson. <laughs> sprinkle some crack on him and they leave. Let's sprinkle some crack on him and call it a day. Man. Yeah, call it a day. Case closed. Uh, suicide. So how many murders is that? Suicide? I'm glad you mentioned suicide because the next victim, that what? ties in. What? I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, okay, so you're talking now about Okay, you were saying Barry was also in a bank. I mean, in the drum. Mm-hmm. Next to Michael. Next to Michael. The, the okay. victim, the third victim. So that's Barry two. was the fourth victim. Okay. So you got two buried outside and two buried in a bank. Or two put yeah. in a bank. Yeah. I believe those were the only ones that were in Snowtown. Uh, the oh, rest yeah. of them were like in the, bus, the facility of it. But there's one more victim that I will will report about. And who do you think that victim is? Keep in mind, there's a twist to it. Usually when I say a name, that person will end up dead. There's so many names right now, I've lost count. There's so many. That's what I said, there's so many. Who's going to be the third accomplice with Barry? Thomas. Trivillion? Yes. You're correct. Oh, the person who called and who was involved in the murder of Barry was the fifth victim to be murdered. Thomas Trivillion. He was, was he also put in the drum? I'm giving the details. Sorry, <laughs> Thomas Trivillion was described as having a psychiatric problem and wore only army-style clothing. Mm. He would at times run outside his house with a knife if he heard unfamiliar noises and was known to regularly travel long distance on foot. So this guy had some problems. So he had mental issues. Yeah. He too shared a house with Barry for a period of five months from April to night, uh, from April to October of 1997, yeah, that same year. Shared a house with Barry. They all shared a house with the same people. Sounds like Hotel California. You could check in, but you can never leave. Exactly. <laughs> Thomas had assisted John and Robert earlier in, in the month of, earlier in the month of murdering Barry Lane. John murdered Thomas after finding out he told others of his involvement of Barry's murder. So all uh, everybody's snitching. Everybody's talking. So then uh, right away he Although was like they're involved. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Todd, what were you saying? No, I was gonna say so the code word to kill this latest victim was uh, let's go make a deposit at the bank. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I got yo. I gotta make a deposit, man. I got a barrel worth of stuff here. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is insane. Now, this is insane, and this, and this, and here's why you remember you mentioned suicide. Yeah. Here's why. There's the twist. John felt that Thomas was an f up, and that he was going mental. And that he would be a risk to their little thing they got going on. Because keep in mind, he did assist in killing Barry. Mm -hmm. So 
Thomas was driven to Hurstbrook in Adelaide Hills of Australia by John and Robert. Hmm. So they drove him to a little spot in Adelaide. And there he was forced to stand on a box while a noose was fastened around his neck and the box was kicked from under him. Oh. Wait, wait. Okay, repeat that. So Robert and John drove Mm -hmm. Thomas to a little area in Adelaide Hills. Yeah. And they tied a rope, a noose around his neck, and they forced him to stand on the box. And when they they got him, which they kicked it, and there he goes. They hung him. They hung him. But it was apparently alleged of a suicide. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Did they leave him there? Did they leave him there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas' body was found on November 5th, 1997, and police initially treated uh, his his death as a suicide. So they found him. Mm. They found him hung. But police... They thought it was a suicide. I mean, you know, do you see a person hanging like that? It's either suicide or... Mainly, it would be suicide, I would think. Well, if they did their homework at all, they would have been like, oh, he's mentally stable. He committed suicide, schizophrenic. Again, case closed. Let's close the book. Yeah. Dang. And that, my friend, I'm going to leave it there. Because uh, I got some more twists. So how many victims is that? It's five. Oh, it's five, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got six more victims. Barry was four, and then there was the Tom. What is it? Thomas. Thomas Chivillion. So far, the fifth one's the smartest murder. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to give these guys credit. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That that that's untraceable. Yeah. Well, not untraceable, but that's one that you can. Like automatically, it's gonna. Yeah, most people will like. overlook that and say, "Okay, he might have suicide." So, I agree with you on that one. But the other ones, ain't nobody dismembering themselves and crawling into a drum and saying, okay, stealing it and say, yep, come find me. No. You, know, you know what? I can't quite fit in this uh, this barrel. I'm going <laughs> to chop off my foot. Ah, there we go. Let me close the top, and then I'll dismember the rest of myself once I get in the barrel. Yeah, that one's kind of, uh, yeah, that one's kind of convincing right there. The police are well, that is a great story. I think we'll go with that. <laughs> why are they talking south? I don't know. I was say, why are they talking south, man? You gotta sound Austrian. Hey, I gotta, gotta work on my. Yeah, boy, mate, that's a great, that's a great story. Did a dingo eat his baby? <laughs> that was pretty good, man. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm you sorry. made me want to get some uh, kangaroo right now. <laughs> I need to watch Crocodile Dundee to warm up on my, uh, on my, that's my movie. Yeah, there you go. That's the only thing Americans that's know: boomerangs and crocodile, crocodile Dundee. Dundee. <laughs> crocodile Dundee, man. So, it used to be a, a snack we used to eat, like little crackers or something. It had a kangaroo on it. It had chocolate filling. No, that was a koala bear. Never mind. Okay, got them mixed up. What? Never mind. I got them mixed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are so sorry, Australia, because we do have a no, lot of listeners in Australia. Wait, wait, isn't koala bears from Australia too? Yes. Koalas? Yes. Okay, I'm still there. I'm in the ballpark. <laughs> You know what? Those used to be my. Can we do some research on their accents and also um, 
on what's actually popular in, in Australia before we slam them. I'm sorry, <laughs> Australia. I apologize. No, there's no slander. No, no, I'm telling you, they had this nice little snack when I was growing up as a kid and had a koala bear on it, and it was like chocolate filling inside. That thing was great. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Best thing I remember. Oh, man. Shout out to Australia, man. Shout out yeah. to Adam Taylor as well for telling us about the story. It's, it's man. I couldn't even finish. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to give him a little bit because there's more meat and potatoes on this. Sounds like potatoes. Yeah. So that is part one of the Snowtown Murders brought to you in part by John, Justin Bunting, Robert, Joe Wagner, James, Jaime Valesic, and Mark Ray Hayden, mm-hmm. along with others as well. Yeah, I'm interested to hear the rest of these guys. That's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that is part one. All right. All right, guys. So that was our show for today. Thank you, babe, for relating that story to us and leaving us in suspense. I feel impatient. I want to know everything. I have a ton of questions. Did I leave some twists? Yes, you may pull my hair out before the next show. <laughs> Yes, thank you, babe. You you had us a uh, very. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> everybody calls me babe. Babe, I would be able to pull out my hair if I had hey, to. Put you that way. We, you can't be calling me babe after I talk about a story like this, man. <laughs> hey, when in Australia? That's all I'm saying. Hey, man. Don't. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, to let you guys go, we're going to end this one by letting you know again where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Look for us under Grinding True Crime. Um, Listen to your podcast through Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And again, thank you for all those who listen to us out of the country, Australia. Today was a shout out to you. And... Uh, you can listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Mm-hmm. And that'll be all for tonight, everybody. Thank you for all the love, all the support. Todd, where is the merchandise again? It's at redbubble.com. Just type in Todd Fox 80 and then you can find all the merchandise there. There's a lot of cool stuff if you want to check it out. Yes, go look for that. I need to go look for one myself. I need a mug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we will let you go for tonight, guys. See you in the next episode, part two of what Matt is going to tell us next. Snowtown murders. Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? (laughs) 